The following program is brought to you by your friends at Podcast One. Don't forget to download our new Podcast One app. Podcast One presents Starving for Attention with Richard Blaze, an entertaining behind-the-scenes look at the world of food, where you'll hear from anyone and everyone from the culinary industry, including restaurateurs, TV hosts, celebrity chefs, producers of your favorite cooking shows, and many more. Now, here's your host, Richard Blaze. Hey everyone, welcome to Starving for Attention. Richard Blaze is here, Jasmine Blaze is across from me updating the Starving for Pod Instagram page. Or you said you have another Instagram page. My other, yeah. So I do think that that's the one that you're updating, but maybe you have a, an anonymous one Ooh, that I'm secret, not aware of. a secret one. Some people have that. Yeah, yeah, a lot of like uh, tweens and teens. Oh, yeah, hey, dangerous. That's not where I was going with that. Well, but that's what a lot of people yeah, have. Um, yeah, there's a lot of people actually, there are some people that I follow that are like food people and then... They, uh, they have an artist page or some other. And I'm like, wait a second, this person's face looks familiar. And then I realize that they have two accounts. Mm, yeah. I always feel a little, um, I don't know, like, like uh, uh, tricked. Why? I don't know. Like, I mean, Give me an as example. someone who wants to launch another page, this is right. weird that I'm saying this. Say. Yeah. But I want, to my, I, I want to launch mine in total anonymity. Yeah, I know that. So that, yeah. that um, it's like a total different like alter ego. Well, do you think that those people did that as well? Or do they call out their other page? I get No, I think it just makes it, um, it makes me silly when I'm responding to two different accounts, but it's really the same person or the same person behind it. I think that's what it is. I'm overreacting. Well, and also like, do you think that people just kind of don't want to see a page that's full of everything? Like some people really do want to see just your artwork. No, it's, it's a great idea. I'm saying it's one that I would like to subscribe to because there's always this push and pull of like, should this be... Uh, you know, a lifestyle picture. Should this one be about food? And then some people do a really amazing job. Whose page was I looking at the other day? Uh, Nate Appleman, mm-hmm. who's just got like, just cooks delicious food. Yeah, he's just like dinner plates. Right, it's yeah. just like literally dinner is, plates. Right? Yeah. Almost He could literally re- rename it like what's for dinner. Right. And just... Almost it. exclusively. <laughs> and... Um, no one would even like realize, I don't think. <laughs> right. Um you can but like, like I'm jealous of that. What's like, for dinner at you know, Nate's? Or, uh, well, I guess Bo Beck's a little bit different. We've been talking about Bo Beck, who I don't think I you still, still follow. No, still um, not looked it up. But like, it's mostly food. So like, I really appreciate that, that, that something so formatted and curated that it's like, no, it's going to be a picture of food. It's going to be dead center of the screen, blah, 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 blah. And uh, most people who are uh, uh, influencers will tell you, or people that are, are training people to be influencers, that the content doesn't have to be incredibly curated. The most important thing is that you have consistent content meaning like it's just you get 1.5 pictures up a day and someone's heard just heard that and gasped in their car yeah. because some people are are, are you know three a day you are oh three a day. Oh. oh no i'm <laughs> on going, the, other going side. the other side <laughs> i'm like one every 3.5 days you did you know what's also weird is like are we in this day and age where like um like i the other day freaked out as an example oh yeah. i freaked out i was in the caribbean yeah. doing a show and you weren't answering your text messages and then I went on your Instagram page and you weren't active for like the last five hours. And then I really right. freaked out because I thought you were right, dead. Right, like you're like starting a murder mystery podcast, basically. I, I basically was. <laughs> um, yeah, I think it actually, I think it kind of sucks like that. Like I left, my, I left my phone home for, I'm trying to think how many hours it was. Probably like four hours, let's say. Yeah. Let's say it like was that. about four. It was, and it was from the morning, you know, like I think we left here at nine. We came back right before lunchtime or right at lunchtime, 12, 1230. And... I knew it, you know, I realized I left my phone when I was halfway to where we were going and I was just like, oh, well, 
there yeah. it goes. And mm. then we had other things to do after our, our, our thing that we were driving to, we had other things to do some errands and stuff and we did them. And like, it was so freeing and so nice to not have my phone. But there was the other part of it that I absolutely knew that I would have 62 <laughs> text messages from you. Like, oh you gosh. mad? First Where are you all, at? No. <laughs> I mean, you're Favreau. You're, you're saying I'm Favreau from Swingers, which is not exactly the case. It was four or five texts. It was, this is about it was six texts, at least. And a couple Instagram it was DMs. a text to my mom. It was an email. Okay. Well, once you it get to a, text to your family members, that's when you I'm know I'm surprised that. you didn't call the neighbors. And I then, almost did call one of the neighbors. And then I told you the most obvious thing to, to just know that we weren't like murdered in our house is like, look at the ring and like watch my car drive okay. out of our driveway. Yes. So we have one of the, the ring, which is like the, uh, you know, a camera at your front door, basically that lets you know if like, you know, Amazon's stealing your mail. Uh, and stuff like that. I don't, right? think, it's, I don't think it's Amazon that steals it. Amazon that, drivers. That would be crazy Amazon if Amazon drivers. drivers stole the mail to like frame the post office. Oh, but no. But yeah. Amazon drivers have been like taking Amazon packages and stuff. That's what I'm saying. That's gotcha. been a big thing in the news. Um, but yeah, I freaked out a little bit. And, um, you know, but that's this, this world. Like if you, if you don't text someone back. Sucks. It's, uh, I know. It's listen, I, I, I apologize for that. But also, you know, just, just text, a, text a dude and I just can't. be like, uh, how, head how? down for the day. Oh, like, heading I'm not out, like chasing you down. Heading out, I'm going to forget my phone to talk no, to you in a little it was bit. A mistake. I know, but I'm saying you can't be upset with me for caring that. Of course not. Like with two young kids, you might be dead and our dog might be like eating your brain already. That would take at least three or four days. I don't know. You gave her raw meat the other day. I did. I was trying to see what um, would happen. And the, you were also out spinning. How was your first spin class? My butt hurts. Yeah, still. That's what happens, I think. Like, I've only still, done one. it really hurts. I even did like. Um, it was pretty fun because I took the kids to their first like yoga class, like real, like that I wasn't teaching. Mm, right. So okay. I took them to their first mm. yoga class and I, and then I went into a, a spin class. A parental supervised yoga sesh for the kids. Yep. And then, um, and so like we both kind of were having like first day jitters, right? Mm, yeah. All of us. And I, I went up to the spin instructor and was like, it's my first time. <laughs> nice. I had to. I didn't know how to get, do any. I didn't know how to put the basket okay. things on the pedals. I, I don't have special shoes. Like it was just so much going on. And you know what her first number one tip to me was? What? Use the antibacterial wipes to wipe down the bike. Ooh. And then I like gagged in my oh. mouth. Like disgusting. What do you think is happening all, in here? Nice tip for you though. You got to appreciate me, it was that fine. tip. Hey, uh, Green Chef is a USDA certified organic company that makes eating well, easy and affordable with plans to fit every kind of lifestyle, even the one that Jasmine's currently in right now. You too. Yeah, that's true. Green Chef recipes are easy and quick with step-by-step instructions, chef tips and photos to guide you along. Yeah. Everything is photos hand-picked. Are nice. What's that? Photos are the nice. The photos are nice. You want it's it. important. I need to see visually like what you're talking about. And it reminds you like, like that old schooly, like uh, for me, like old school, like chef's textbooks you'd get in culinary school. So I really love that. Ingredients come pre-measured, perfectly portioned and mostly prepped. You can switch up your meal plan whenever you're ready to try a new way to eat. You want to be paleo today. You want to be vegan tomorrow. Whatever you want, you can do it. There's really something for everyone. Meals include paleo. Like I said, vegan, vegetarian, pescatarian, Mediterranean, heart smart, lean and clean, keto, gluten-free, an omnivore. Whew, they really up their game since we've been reading ads for them. Yeah. Green Chef's really convenient and easy. They make achieving your 2019 goals easy with dinner options that work around your lifestyle, not the other way around. Uh, listen, I can't wait to get some more of these meals back yeah, in the house. Yeah, we gotta this get that keto box going. And also clean and lean. Or paleo. We could do either, I like, think. I, I feel like clean and lean, I mean, I feel like lean and clean should be our MC names. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the way it's going right now. Which what? one are you? Lean or clean? Oh, I'm clean. You know, I guess, okay. I guess you're both. Um, yeah. <laughs> you're true. Listen, for $50 off your first box from Green Chef, go to greenchef.us slash starving. That's 
full. That's a full $50 off your first box at greenchef.us slash starving. I'm so happy that they're back on board. That means we're going to be eating really good. You know, this is something that I I really am uh, jealous of our kids or younger people, I think, in general that are sort of coming up in this day and age where like, especially because of social media, everything is sort of like you, you see what all of your friends are doing. You see all of the experiences uh, that are, that are out there. Um, is that like our kids did that yoga class, right? Or our kids did something. You just did a new experience. Uh, I still am like get nervous and don't want to do There's so many things I want to do. I want to join, I want to join a, a, a beer hockey league, but I haven't ice skated in so long. What is a like, beer hockey league? Just, I mean, it's another way of just saying like a bunch Old of men? guys go out and play hockey okay. and like with, with, you know, they compete, but Got it's it. not serious. No, right? One of our, one of our, our parent friends was going to invite you to an adult male basketball game the other night. Yeah. yeah. You know, same sort of thing. Yeah. Right. But, um, the, the nerves about not doing that. I feel like young people now because of the Instagram are like, no, I got to get out there and I got to do these things. The FOMO. Right. right. But I think it teaches them to sort of jump in and do some of these experiences that like when we were younger without social media, you definitely weren't going to do. I don't know. Yeah. Okay. I don't know. Uh, a parental, all of a sudden it's sure. turning into a parent, parental uh, podcast. Yeah, I'm not sure. Um, anyway, that's my struggles. Uh, Hugh Atchison is up on the podcast today. Who, speaking of, could have his own like secondary Instagram account if he wanted to. Definitely. Like with his uh, doodles. Mm. He's, he it doodles. could be like uh, Hugh's doodles. The word I'm doodles. just here for your Instagram yeah. naming um, needs, guys. Uh, it works. You yeah. should start a social media um, strategists uh, yeah. consulting company. Kind of, I guess you do already. Uh, but yeah, Hugh Atchison, he definitely could do something with art or just, he is a, I think it comes up in the podcast. He's a Renaissance man. There's something that I really uh, love about Hugh. Uh, he's got, I, I think I also say this uh, and as a compliment, he's very Wes Anderson, right? Totally. Like he's a throwback, like almost like he's not like from if he's, If he came in smoking a pipe, I would have been like, yeah, okay. Yeah, he was smoky. Let's I do remember that. He had a oh, smoky smoking, barbecue smoking flavor barbecue, right? to him. Yeah, and again, right. this one was recorded in Atlanta over at the Super Bowl. Um, but it, it briefly comes up, but not enough, a couple of the things. Hugh, of course, has been on Top Chef Masters. He was a judge, a ju- judges um, on Top Chef. He's, Iron, he's on Iron Chef Canada. So like, he's not a stranger to food television or food media, but um, is kind of like anti-food media, right? Didn't you get that sense? I think you're basing that just on that one Instagram post he had. The one, uh, the one Instagram post where he basically was kind of like put the poo poo kibosh on final table. Yeah. Um, maybe, maybe think, that's what it I is. I think. You think I mean, that's what it is? Yeah. Uh, maybe it's also just sort of his, his dry wit sometimes comes off as like, oh, you know, uh, it's not about comedy. You know, I mean, I think the, the, we talk about it in the podcast, but yeah. the, you know, his sort of like, I think he's over food as competition, which is odd as someone who's an Iron Chef Canada. And someone who judges a lot of competition shows, but it's understandable for sure. Right. He's not the buyer. I mean, he's not buying the shows, so like he's participating in them. I don't think he's even buying them as a as a consumer, right? I mean, that's kind well, of what we're saying, right? Not Although, that either, but I guess what I'm saying is like, you know, if you're wrapped up in in food media or food TV, like let's, you know, you you are. Yes. Um, I, and he was as well, the, though. The calls that you get. I love how, how many times I have to say Hugh. You can't even. I, really can't even I don't even know what you're saying. I have the Bernie Sanders thing where it's really yeah. tough for me to enunciate, you. guys. The, yeah, you use guys. We, you, planning for this podcast was a nightmare. I couldn't never really figure was. out what he was talking about. We had a so, game that we pulled off the shelf, but we'll, we, we, we're not going to get that. Carry on. Anyways, I was saying, what was I saying? Oh, yeah. Um, you're in food TV and like, what are the calls you get? 
you get calls for anything besides food competition shows? I mean, really, um, at this point? I mean, like 99.9%, what are the calls? I, I'm going to Guy's Ranch. Right. That call just came in this week. Yeah. My first time up at the ranch. Is that not competition? No, it's not. Okay. I mean, probably, right. but behind the scenes. Right. I think there's a different type but of still. competition where it comes on there. I get it. But still. Um, I just think it's... it's um, if you look at the anthology of your work, 99 point what? 100%. Is, is, well, yeah. that's going to get to my... Um, what was... We got a gr- great response from last week's episode where I sort of went into some weird self-help sort of uh, confessional moments, uh, sermon, if you will. Uh, I'm going to get right back into it here. Be careful about, and this is not to Hugh Atchison, who, by the way, also has a podcast. Might as well plug it right now. What's it called? Oh, yeah. It is... Hugh Stirs the Pot. You Stirs the no, Pot. No, not you Stirs the not Pot. You. <laughs> Hugh Stirs the Pot. Friday, third base. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's an Abbott and Costello bit. Um, so he's got a new podcast. So uh, he's, he's, he's in media. I think you got to be careful. And this is not, again, to Hugh Atchison specifically, of course. Um, but for a lot of people who I saw responding, it was another page. It was, it was, I put up a picture of Guy Fieri a couple of days ago yeah. where he's at the NBA all-star game yeah. and it, I, it was just copy and pasted from sports illustrated. Right. Um, and there were like a couple of people on my page who were like taking shots at Guy Fieri. Always. And like, yeah. you know that also the people that take shots at these superstars, mm-hmm. they're like line cooks. Sure. Most of these people. Right? Yes. Right. And, I can understand it because I used to be this guy who used to go into my own restaurants at lineup where you had worked with me, right? Hugh Atchison? No, <laughs> you. <laughs> nice. <laughs> and uh, I would say things like Emeril Lagasse, he's not a real chef. He walks around going, bam, and right. bacon, and people scream. Um, and I didn't understand. At that point, I was naive. I was ignorant. Uh, now that I know what it takes to do what Emeril Lagasse did day in, day out, and still does, for so many years, besides being a restaurateur, besides being a great cook and chef, um, I have eaten my words plenty of times. Of course, multiple times on this podcast. Sure. Um, but this is really to those people who are listening, because I think a lot of our listeners are line cooks, people in the industry, managers, servers, etc. Mm. Like, be careful when you throw shade and or hate at people like the big names of Food Network. Right, Fieri, big dogs. Giada yeah. De Laurentiis, sure. Ina Garten. Who else are we going to Bobby Flay? All of these people. Like, you may not like them. You may not like their style. There may be something legitimately off-putting to you from them. But if it's just because they're a superstar, that's wrong. That's a horrible way to go about things. Sure. Because uh, I can tell you, firstly, if you think it's because they have uh, platinum-tipped hair and they wear their sunglasses on the back of their head, or do you think it's because they can look directly to the camera and do a great, um, you know, finishing mm, shot? That's a Giada reference. Or if you think that they're just dry and witty and are feeding Jeffrey tea sandwiches in the uh, patio room from Ina Garten. I don't know if you watch Ina. Mm-hmm. Um, like it's, it's because they work hard. It's because they're incredibly talented. Uh, and I can tell you if you've ever even been on set for an episode of Guys Grocery Games or an episode of Rachel Ray, her talk show you realize pretty quickly how hard work, how, how hard they work and the effort that they put in. Okay, I'm Go gonna ahead. play devil's advocate. Please play devil's advocate. Why not? Because I typically because, do. Because it also, I don't want this to come out like I'm some brown nose uh, guy who, I do work with these people, right? Yeah. So like it well, makes no yeah. sense for me to throw shade at them because it would, it's I'm not, my hand and I'm, not, I'm not gonna throw shade, but I am gonna yeah. say that there is one thing that connects most of those people that you just said is that they, they got in early. Like, Mm. Right. So like, yes, they, they work hard. I'm not, I don't take anything away sure, from the, sure, the sure. hard, hard work and, and the, the ethics that it takes to get to that point. But 
they also just bought bought that stock early and they got in and and when you get in before the stock rises you're sitting pretty right, right. like whether the stock goes up and down and as we've seen with food network as we've seen programming go up and down with food network those guys hold hold tight we're right? talking food network specifically one your point is well i mean your points are incredibly valid but the analogy to that quite simply is there's never going to be another michael jackson there won't be another madonna the there's not going to be the, these these gigantic stars what about beyonce I don't believe. I mean, I don't. I don't. I disagree I don't, that generationally there are those people that you can point back to. I don't know if. I mean, one. I mean, Beyonce. Perhaps what I'm saying is the perhaps the, is Sir. as big as Michael Jackson. I don't. I mean, I don't. Maybe. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I'm not a listen. I mean, I'm not going to speak in uh, on, on a topic that I'm not fully aware of as far as like sure. how popular Beyonce well, I don't is, know, like platinum albums and things. In like general, that, I though, I could rattle off five or six iconic music stars of the '80s, early '90s, '70s, right? And I don't think you could do the same thing with even today's big music stars. You know, I, I think that times have changed. It's more niche, right? So I think, yes, a Guy Fieri, a Bobby Flay, they were around perhaps early in the game. Although I don't, although I could argue that with Guy, you know. He's the one that I was thinking was the, out, the outlier. outlier. Sure, sure. sure. Um, but the, the point is, you know, yes, they might have gotten there early. But yes, they're also talented. And they're such a superstar because they got in early. Right. But they're a well, star. No, but they had to have all the things that made them a star to have it work. Yes. But the fact that they... What I'm saying is that I think that someone that is working now or is in, in and around now could certainly have done the same thing. Agreed. Okay. Well, I, I hear you there. So like the level of given the opportunity to get in in 2004. 100%. Right? The level of stardom is harder to achieve now because... The, the there are there there's not going to be another guy Fieri. This is not gonna it's not gonna happen. There's gonna <laughs> first of all this is that's a great quote. I should that's a great quote. Uh, we should put that up. That should be a t- yeah. That's a, a t-shirt. t-shirt or just should be on the Instagram page. Um, there there's gonna be dozens of other stars, but they they're probably not gonna shine as bright, right? And I just think you got to be really careful when you're young in this industry. Uh, for the for if you are the line cook who's like yeah I don't think that those people are real chefs and I'm talking to a specific group here. sure and a lot of them would agree with you I mean a lot of them would would say that I mean right he's chef, not a real chef chef like specifically the word chef right I mean sure sure um, we'll see now you're trying to like Tony Bourdain to, wouldn't call to, would, wouldn't say he's a great chef well, right? Tony Bourdain I think had a little bit of um, you know that self deprecating sort of arc about him but even with Bourdain and this actually came up someone else the other day someone asked me when we were at that um, super weird dinner party the other day that sounds fun (laughs) you and I we were there it was awesome but someone was asking me about Tony Bourdain right Um, and you know about how he didn't he didn't talk to talk about himself as a chef but Tony Bourdain was a chef he ran Les Halls right so like the weird thing was he you know he would say I'm not a chef but he didn't get his 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 celebrity or his fame from being an amazing chef. I think right. was his point, right? I, like, and I that thought he, was, what he, he was, was incredibly honest about that, yes, but he, definitely. but it's still, he was a chef. He was a chef, right? E- even Guy Fieri. I mean, I know them. The guy cooks amazing food, right? Um, I mean, you might not like lobster Alfredo or whatever it is that he's going to throw down for you. Um, you just, <laughs> you're, you're not obviously, um, but he cooks really great, great food. I think he is a chef. Not everyone, um, but they work incredibly hard. I guess my point is, uh, the rant of this episode is just be careful throwing shade at people that are just past you on the star trajectory just because maybe you aren't shining yet, right? Sure. Because you end up eating your words. Just learn. I'm just saying like you end up sitting here doing a podcast years later like myself. 
eating your words and saying, no, those people are really talented and they work really hard. We were talking about a T-shirt, a quote on a T-shirt, the ridiculous Please. quote that you just had of uh, there's never going to be, be another, another guy, guy Fieri. Which I is, think it's true. Okay. Uh, we should get some um, comments on people of her merch. Like, what would you what would you buy? What would you want? Starving for attention merch. Nice. I want, I'm going to keep it simple, just straight 30 Rock style. Remember the writer in 30 Rock who would always wear like the hats with the funny sayings on yeah. it? I just think we get a trucker hat with a foam, foam bill foam that just front. says starving for attention. Okay. <laughs> that, that's my start. That's okay. my start for idea. But yeah, throw us right. some merch ideas because we are going to get some stuff up here in Q2. Let's, let's hope for Q2, Q3, uh, starving for attention merch. 60 seconds. That's exactly how long this commercial lasts. You know what else you can do in about a minute, Jasmine? Yep. <laughs> Get an offer for your car with True Car. That's right. In the amount of time it takes to floss your teeth, pet your dog, do a few sit-ups, or just listen to my voice, you can get a True Cash offer. Best of all, you can do it from your smartphone or home. Just go to True Car and simply enter your license plate number and watch how your car's details pop up or your warrants. Answer a few questions and you'll get an accurate True Cash offer from a local True Car certified dealer. It's that easy. After that, you can bring your car in and they'll check it out with you together. You can ask questions to get the answers you need so there's no surprises. Then simply leave with your check or trade in your car for a new ride so when you're ready to experience a better way to sell or trade in your car check out true car today uh hugh atchison is here it's a fun time check out his podcast as well you ready ready here he is hugh atchison you're a podcaster now though dude yeah a little bit have you like you've taken the plunge uh, yeah i'm doing one with himalayan media yeah they we Stir we the um pot. And when, did it just launch? It's, Someone was talking to me this morning about it. It's about to launch in about okay. a week or two. And what is uh, what is it about? It's just interviewing food people and just people generally, and it'll be sort of regionally centric. So the first season is all around New York. Okay, got yeah. it. So it all recorded in New York, yeah. and like artists, food artisans, and like different people. Yeah, different a bunch of chefs. It was Dan Barber and Tom Colicchio, Adam Platt, the critic, um, just a bunch of people like that. Just talking about the industry. Nice. Yeah. So I mean, so just like like uh, talk, shop talk, shop talk, just way of the world, that type of thing. What's the uh, like? I I and this is a compliment before I even say it. I take you as sort of like an an NPR toned sort of guy is that like what's the energy level of it as a- uh, you know it's it's just a lot of back and forth there's some acerbic stuff not numb and you know i'm right. always known as a bit of in left field so left field like but in a good way <laughs> in a good you way. are this is, i said this to um jasmine earlier like uh or a couple days ago when we knew you were coming on and and uh you are sort of like a living wes anderson film to me <laughs> and, I, and I, I'm a massive Wes Anderson that's a good okay, so that's a, that's a good compliment yeah I was gonna say first, like, yeah. I mean you're probably not quite as you said left field you're not quite as center framed as right. most of Wes Anderson's stuff but like I mean I guess Renaissance Man would yeah. also be a yeah, title yeah. that you are worthy I, of yeah I sort holding. of put it as all over the place but yeah that works yeah. <laughs> what is that What I mean how do you like where like, come from yeah how do you right. like you just do your own thing and it's like yeah I've cool. always kind of done my own thing you know just carved out the niche that I've got and kind of paid credence to that but I've always felt like I'm parallel to a lot of the world of competitive chefdom but a lot of that sort of passed anyhow mm-hmm. but like I just didn't I always just wanted to compete with myself right that felt good yeah enough. you're jumping right into it yeah. I feel like I didn't didn't I you know because I stalk you on Instagram but I feel like recently didn't you make a comment like uh, you were watching some 
It might have been Final Table or something. I think it was. Yeah, it was Final yeah, Table. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you were like, Andrew and Olden got really. He got a little. Yeah, he got a little. Got a little yeah, Andrew's been on. Andrew's been on this pod, and uh, like your fans, like we all know the game, but like your comment was something like, I don't know, was it like I'm kind of over competition or no? What was something similar? Yeah, I think it was something like that. It, you know, it's those competition shows. I mean, and that one's well done. I mean, Top Chef is well done. They're all well done. We've we've seen that all. Right. It's just I'm not sure if in this day and age that we would really want to constantly be pitted against each other mm. that I think mm. there's a way of sort of evolving food that's more interesting I mean I think um, uh, like salt sugar fat whatever it is right. That, right. you know that's yeah. shown where we can go I think Bourdain show, showed where we can go with thinking about food as as nourishment and investigation into it and, and that's more interesting to me than seeing you know somebody compete you know, it's it's amazing to see like somebody like Anne Sophie Peake being a judge on that show. Right. To me, that, that that's interesting mentorship and a viewing of a mentor in 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 a field. But then again, it's just like, what are they judging? It's like it's competitive. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think yeah. what's Cooking. most interesting about like I, I don't like people have that those thoughts, but the fact that you have competed and judge and currently still compete and judge things, right? A little bit. Okay. Oh, it's on Iron Chef Canada. You're Iron Chef Canada. Yeah. I was on Iron Chef Canada. You're Iron Chef which Canada. Which is like being on Iron Chef Yugoslavia. Nobody will see it here, which is great. But First I, I, of all, Yugoslavia doesn't have a maple leaf. No, that's think. true. Right. I don't know what the Yugoslavia um, symbol would be. And, yeah. But some people take it really, really seriously and do right. a lot of prep and due diligence on it. Uh, Amanda Cohen was one of the other uh, Canadian Iron Chefs. Right. I mean, she was like, she, she had said, up a fake kitchen to practice in. She had everything Ooh, whittled down to wow. timing. I wouldn't have ever expected I would not, that. We've had her on the pod too, and I would not have. She was just like so driven, and wow. she's so competitive. And then I went up against this guy who I'd never really heard of, but evidently in Canada, he's like a legend uh, named Alex Chen. Right, okay. And Alex Chen finished, he led the Canadian Bocuse d'Or team, mm. and they finished sixth. Right. You know, so I had no idea. I mean, I, I just like literally, me and my team were like, we'll show up yeah, and do some we're cooking. We're going to cook some tasty no, food. Right, no exactly. big deal. Right. And meanwhile, this guy's like crafting like this amazing stuff that he's got like plans and strategies and blueprints on, and I'm just like looking over and his station's like immaculate and mine's like a complete mess, and I'm just like, oh shit. <laughs> but <laughs> that, I mean, Iron Chef's one of those shows where it is like, I do love that moment, you know, as someone who has um, been a challenger on the American version and worked as a sous chef. For Cat Cora, we can get into that later in the podcast if we have to. Um, did but you that, guys make a lot of airport food? <laughs> we, we did. We made. Listen, don't sleep on pretzels and hummus. And no, like I mean, every once in a while, a fresh yeah. piece of fruit what and is, just what uh, sells? Uh, Greek you know, salad. I made a banana and a to-go coffee. <laughs> there, yeah, there you go. It won. Uh, it did great. Nice. It, it, did, you, did you make a banana to go? Yeah, that yeah. would work. There it yeah. is. Yeah. It was um, an aerated banana. Yeah, it was yeah. a lot more expensive than a banana would be at a bodega or something like that. Yeah. But I love that moment. Of Iron Chef, where there is there like that that quick huddle that everyone knows who's familiar with the TV world that like is, it's it's not scripted, but it's not exactly like we just saw this ingredient fall from the roof and now it's it's definitely contrived. Yeah, now yeah. there's going to be a sugar cage to hold the giant tuna or whatever yeah. it is. It's yeah. like, oh, I can't believe they they came up with that right there in the moment. Yeah, so I'm I'm taking then that you had mixed feelings about. Your time, like on, like no, I mean, I and I never, uh, I never regret anything that I've done in, in the in the professional world of what I've done. You know, TV gave us, um, 
you know, it, it, somebody always equated writing a book becomes the book becomes a bigger business card than you once had. Mm-hmm. And TV is a much even bigger business card. And so it it begets a lot of opportunities. But it's funny that people, they look upon us as that this is the completion of our lives. Like, this is what we do all the time. Mm, right. And TV's occupied about 2% of my working life, maybe probably even less. Right. Um, and more of it's, you know, I stink of barbecue smoke right now because we're doing a whole hog at Empire State South outside. Right, um, <laughs> right, right, exactly. You know, and so, you know, I had to go clock out the guy off at 6 a.m., Sam, so he could go home and get some rest, and I took over and finished the hog, and, you know, that's the reality of the situation. Is right. It's not all, you know. And it can get frustrating when people then, they, they only know you for, like, whatever, that one sliver of time that they've seen you in. That one super edited moment on TV. And you're frozen in that TV. moment, yeah, and you're frozen yeah. in that not, moment. You have yeah. not advanced or, or anything. And you're also at the whimsy of um, editors who, you know, saw you be sarcastic one time and really want to highlight that over and over again. And, um, you know, so, you know, I I think Top Chef made me out to be a uh, uh, sort of incisive prick. Uh, which was fine. I don't really care, but but they focused on the sarcasm and the stuff like that over right. over and over and over again. So, mm. which was fine. But you know, as we all know, it's like there are eight cameras and there's you know 140 hours of tape on it. It gets whittled into you know 42 hey, minutes hey, listen, of television. One day there'll be the Top Chef lost footage. Yeah. Right. The other 40 hours of that episode, <laughs> which is kind of amazing that they actually, as you know, I mean, the art form of producing the show. Like yeah, these are all friends of ours. Like it is pretty amazing what they end up putting together yeah um you know knowing that like yeah there's you know 40 hours worth of footage for like one challenge and like you get a sentence and i get a sentence yep. and like here's the food and like and someone's life is wrapped up in yeah that. yeah and uh, then there's you know uh, just crazy dramatic music and it all ends and uh and that's it and but it's it's funny that over the years you see uh, the ascendancy of people on top chef yeah i was always worried about going on regular top chef because i thought that you know, I was running one restaurant, and they kept calling, and uh, I didn't know whether to do it or not because it could be a risk. You know, you could get portrayed weirdly or badly, and and have you know, it could affect your career. And some people, it has. It yeah. pitted them in a yeah. in a certain way that they can never escape from. Mm. Um, but some people have taken it and used it as an ancillary tool, just as a as a push in the right direction. And I think that's the right way to go. Yeah, it is. Um that we were just talking to our friend Eli mm-hmm. uh, yesterday, sort of mm-hmm. about that, who I think, and I don't want to use the word fear because he wouldn't, I don't think he would say that, but there's, you know, the idea of like, like you said, like, I know that someone's going to look at this and see this moment as if it's my entire career. Right. And it's right. less than 2%, like yep. you just said. And then someone's going to be in an airport and be like, oh, I feel so bad for you because of the pee puree. Like, what? I wasn't even the person with the pee puree. Yeah. Like, like, yeah. like, like, what are you talking about? Yeah. Um, and I, I guess that's wrapping the whole thing up back to the beginning. is like, it's the competitive side of it. Like, if it was just watching us all cook, you mess something up, you make something great. And that's kind of what food is. It's kind of what life is. But it's the, it's the, comp, it's the competition angle of it. That, right. Like, but the other side, like for our friend Eli, was just like, you know, everyone also kind of forgets it. Oh, they completely forget it. And most of all, we do. I mean, yeah. people are like, right. oh, you what happened on. on that final of that, uh, you know, Top yeah. Chef Texas? I'm like, I can't even remember uh, who was in exactly. Top Chef Texas. Like, I, you don't even remember that you were yeah. in that yeah. episode, yeah. most likely. I, Paul uh, Key was in yeah. it. I, I kind of uh, always like to start those answers with like, 
Well, it was 13 years ago. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. <laughs> you know, like, like I know, like, you just watched it on Hulu. Yeah. Or whatever it was. Yeah. You just binge watch every episode of Top Chef. But for me, it was really a long time ago. And I've never gone back and actually watched that it. That is interesting, actually, with the advent of binge watching now and the, the, the access How people, people watch have TV. It. Right. Like, yeah. we have plenty of people that reach out. They're like, I just started watching season three or season right. four. Like, yeah. This is where yeah. I, you know, and, like, they are in that moment. And the only reason I used to ever watch them was I used to write on Bravo a blog, uh, sort of a recap of the of the shows each sure. time, and they were immensely fun to write, and they just let me do anything. And it was so I'd be, you know, weirdly off base with everything, mm. and that. But that was the only reason I watched the, sh- the actual final production of the show, right? Because otherwise, I'm like. So would you yeah. do a would you do a podcast where you recap every episode ever of Top Chef? You know, we were really close. <laughs> We were close to having a uh, a show that would come on like uh, w- the after Walking Dead show. What's that one called? Talking yeah, Dead. Talking, Talking Dead. Dead. Yeah. So it was going to be like that, and it was going to come on on Bravo Online after each Top Chef episode. Right. And it, mm-hmm. it can't. We we were so we had the deal done, and then something fell apart. I can't remember. That was like four years ago. Yeah. Um, but it would have been like quasi animation and kind of like mystery science theater, um, looking at each episode of Top Chef. Right. Where you can also dive. You so we've had the same sort of like idea. We never got as close as you did, but like it, it does deserve some sort. Like for the people that really care about maybe the food, right? Mm-hmm. Like right. it deserves like a little follow up. Yeah. yeah. Because yeah. I do, especially yeah. now with like so much food media, I think people do want to know. How did the guy? How did they? How did how she do, do that? Do that, right? right. Yeah. How did he roast the chicken in ten or minutes? Even just yeah. like, especially early on in the season when there's you know sixteen odd competitors, like well, you can't you see want it. To see everyone's food, like you don't really get to see everyone's, especially in the quick fires. And stuff yeah, like that you know you see like one or two dishes, three, four dishes, whatever. But you know, I think there are people that want to see what Tiffany made. Yeah, know? but nobody ever wants to see the one weird out of place caterer who's complete continually screws everything up is inevitably done by season like the second yes. episode. Yeah, but I always I thought I had made a joke when they tried um, when they did the Top Chef uh Duels or whatever one of those spinoffs were, and I was like, they should just do the one where it's the first, you know, the first contestant eliminated from every regular Top Chef, and like, mm, yeah. call it Top Chef Tools or something like. And just be like, I actually was the first person eliminated in Top Chef Masters on different, season though. two, different, and Which you also came back. Yeah, right? I came back, but uh, yeah, because of. Uh, I'm surprised that so many John. people was that was it. Did you compete with Mary Sue? Was that mm, okay? Right. So yeah. we just had Mary Sue on, and I'm always shocked. And Tracy Desjardins recently, I was hanging out with her, and I'm shocked at how like much people like that who I admire so much and are like I look like are on this pedestal like remember their experience on Top Chef Masters and they're like I remember when I had to cook frog legs and like you could tell like it was like we were it was a bad memory you know like like, it was like I wasn't ready for this it's not really what I do and I'm always surprised especially with like the Masters who have accomplished so many things yeah like yourself and it's like oh Super Bowl weekend and the headliner at the halftime show is uh, Maroon 5 and (laughs) on Top Chef Masters one time um Adam Levine said my soup tasted like a, a scented candle. Ooh. <laughs> oh, um, yeah. So I don't like Maroon 5. Yeah, right. I, I was going to say, that. that makes yeah. sense. And uh, I would just, listen, the people make bone marrow squash? candles. It was you know, corn soup. Mm-hmm. It had right. vanilla in it. Okay. It did kind of yeah. smell like <laughs> <a> <laughs> Well, listen, for, see, like, that's what I love yeah. your wit. It's like, oh, I did. Yeah. You know, he, I don't like him. I don't like him, but he may have been right. It is It is an interesting thing, too. Like, so, again, on both sides of that, I just did something a couple days ago with Ming Tsai. And Ming Tsai is one of the few people who ever on Top Chef judged me it sounds like I'm being cocky but like whoever actually like judged one an episode that really didn't like something I did and I had scales on a piece of fish but like I did not like Ming Tsai for nine months Eight. at least after that oh. 
two I years, think nine years, you three might, years you after that. that number, um, now, uh, but because uh, you do kind of hold on to that, it's just the memory of someone like not liking you. Like we are connected to it. Like yeah. it hurts our feelings. But again, it, it, it's a moment, and uh, right. but we we put a sort of certainty on that moment that that's the way that person must feel about us, mm-hmm. and and it's not true. I mean, at the end of it, you just gotta move away. It's like immediate criticism on food. Now, did you? Uh, food's did, always able to be criticized. Did you, you know? take that now as a from the judging perspective? Did you take that into consideration as you're about to like, you know, like you, I, you don't strike me as the type that plays for a soundbite or you know is trying. No, to, yeah. no. I mean, some of the sound bites are you know. Uh, I'm relatively quick on my feet when it comes to responses and criticism, very witty. things like that. So, um, but no, it was never it was never meant to be any setups. There were never any planned things. It was just meant to be in the moment. I remember CJ at one point in time uh, <laughs> sort of walked off the stage in a final lineup or whatever, and then came back and he said, "But what was mine really worse than that uh, of somebody who wasn't on the line?" Right, and I said, "Well." Yes, because that's why you're here. Right, right, yeah. Um, yeah. And it, you know, it, and it just, you know, it's. But I, I, I mean, I remember being judged by people like what's his name, uh, the host of Top Chef Masters, Curtis, um, Curtis yeah. Stone, yeah. um, who was an amazing human, a wonderful, wonderful man. Right. Um, but you know, at the time, being judged by somebody, and I remember he said something that really hit me hard, which is that he said, "Was I cooking?" for people to enjoy it or was I cooking to push what I could do? And I said, well, that's a really black and white area in chefdom is that some people choose to cook for themselves and some people choose to cook for enjoyment of others. Mm. And I am firmly in the latter camp. Yeah. Right. I don't cook necessarily. I mean, I'm always challenging myself in what I cook. Right. But it's not a competition on the plate with myself. It's a competition to how... How, mu- how much pleasure can I make somebody derive out of that dish and mm. nourishment of that dish? Which I think goes back to like it, the beginnings of maybe like some of your struggles with competition is that sometimes isn't what competitive food is about at all. And, right? it's, and it's not. And, and right. that, that is a severe sort of lapse on my part to understand what competitive cooking is sometimes looking for. And that you know, my sense of nourishment is not always going to play to that. Right. Arena. Yeah. I mean, I could imagine the fake scenario playing out now. It's like. You roasted a chicken. Let me play Jonathan Waxman for a second. I roasted a chicken with salsa verde. Right. But did you do enough? Right. Well, I right. cooked a delicious chicken that I really, you know, I really love. I think it's delicious. And it's like, is it enough? Like, you know, you're playing out the fake scenario. And, 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 it, and it, sh- it should be. I mean, it could be because, right. you know, if Waxman nails that or if you nail a Zuni chicken. Right. To me, it's equivalent to making, you know, a lobster with rosemary air floating, <laughs> levitating above a plate. Right. I think it's equally as cool to take regular ingredients and make something amazingly technically simple but simple never should imply not difficult yes right. well I think that we had need to cook for Maroon 5 some edible <laughs> scented candles you yeah. and I need to get, get into that game yeah. I think do it make sure to stick around after this podcast to get the latest headlines from the AP News Minute can't get enough Richard Blaze? Then take a listen to any of Podcast One's other fantastic food shows. Every Wednesday, Michelle Davis and Matt Holloway of Forked Up, a Thug Kitchen podcast, serve up their own brand of food, politics, and pop culture. And chef Rick Bayless and food journalist Steve Delinsky team up every Wednesday to travel the globe while tackling food trends on The Feed. Check out Thug Kitchen and The Feed every week on Podcast One or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. 
Now back to Starving for Attention with Richard Blaze. Into the podcast, we like to sort of play fun little games. You down to have fun with us? I've done this into that. This one's a simple one. Uh, it's called Getting to Know Hugh. And I'm overpronouncing the Hugh part because I'm a native New Yorker. Yeah. Who has this sort of Bernie Sanders problem with the H-U sound. Right. I don't know if you've ever noticed this, but I... He pronounces it strictly U. Yeah, right, U. I grew grew up going to school in French, and uh, French people do not pronounce an H, so it's very awkward when the teacher would be like, what about you? And then everybody would be like, who the hell is she talking to? Right, okay. So the original game here was going to be Hugh or you, but we decided it was going to turn into an Abbott and Costello uh, bit too quick. So getting to know Hugh. Uh, Real simple, your preference and perhaps why. Coffee or tea? Coffee. Oh, I was kind of. I mean, I know you're a coffee guy, but I thought maybe uh, a posture. I mean, like yourself. I'm, I'm kind of. Nah, it's am seventy-five coffee, tea. twenty-five. Yeah, there we tea go. is a endless topic yes. uh, and really interesting. I'm into like first flush Darjeeling's and things like that. But, that's yeah. what I'm talking. See, like yeah. you, even just answering that. What about uh, the idea of? I just saw this. Was it Daniel Restaurant Daniel or something? The tea sommelier. Mm, yeah. yeah, I like yeah. that idea. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, it harkens back to, you know, the L.I.N. Ducasse uh, with the restaurant in New York with the... Uh, uh, the, the pen sommelier. The, the pen the, sommelier. The sommelier. But also <laughs> the, the, sommelier. the yeah. various purse stools and yeah. things like that. And, uh, well, that restaurant's not there anymore. So, yeah. There you go. There you go. Some places do it nice. Like, we're in a hotel room right now where they brought, like, a little cleansing thing for my glasses. I didn't even ask for it. It's sometimes the nice little touches. Nice. Now, they could have brought 12 different ones. Right. And that's where it's just too much. Right. Yeah. Uh, magazines or newspapers? Uh, newspapers. Yeah. yeah. I've, I, you strike me as a guy who still prefers, because I think I've so many times that we've been on set together, I've walked down into like a lobby early in the morning to go for a run or something, and you like look like you've been reading or taking meetings for hours at like 6 a.m. already. See, I, I'm usually up early. Okay. I, I like to do the crossword, and I like to do the crossword. Uh, to challenge myself, I do it in pen yeah. um, on actual paper. So yes. um, that's good. Yeah. But only Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Friday is still beyond my, um, my is, is, scholastic level. I was going to say, so like to someone who doesn't do any crossword right, puzzles, yeah. Fridays are the tough. Like Fridays. New York Times, New York Times Friday, Friday, is, okay. the, Friday is, is the hard one. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Maybe, maybe you should start Fridays in pencil. I, I may do that. <laughs> my family is a huge cryptic crossword grouping, which is a whole different mindset of how to think about a crossword, but yeah. There needs to be a podcast about cryptic. I don't even know. Oh, I'm cross- sure What does is. it even mean, dude? Let's, seriously, like, what does that mean, cryptic, like? Cryptic crosswords are like, it's more like wordplay crosswords, so you have to think in a totally different way. It's not just a fact or a name right. or filling in something and Synonyms easily Googling and it. It's more. So you have to know maybe something about the author of who's, like, designing that. Yeah. Yeah. You just have to know a lot about words. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, well beyond my intellect. Uh, Favorite? Well, I think I know this, but our audience doesn't. Favorite professional sport to watch? No, probably not what you think. Oh. See, because I'm Canadian, everybody thinks it's hockey, and I love watching hockey, but I just don't get much of an opportunity. Yes, true. I would say college basketball Mm. is my favorite Mm. to watch. I like that. I noticed that you do have a a sort of a littering of of basketball players on your Instagram account. Yeah. Mostly like older players, and like you're a collector. Yeah, Pistol Pete Maravich, people like that are really. Amazing, throwback amazing to like human. high socks and yeah. converse and yeah. underhand free throws. Pistol I, I agree. I, I think, sucks. you know what? I mean, I like all sports, but I think there's something super special about college basketball. Like, it, it, it just March strange, Madness right? is the best. Oh, yeah. 
exhibit of sports to me. It's just because it shows, like, proven every year that some underdog 16-15 seed team can actually get through two or three rounds. And right. It's not oh, supposed yeah. to. And, and there's always some you know. natural story that comes. Like, there is, like, there's always, like, not a forced story. Yeah. It's just like, oh, look at that. Yeah, that happened. Um, I think that's the bet we always want to do. We've never done it. But a thir- the first Thursday and Friday of March Madness. Yeah. Like, when just rent like out a suite in Vegas. Yeah. And just like with a hoop in it, like just Timberlake style, and just like because it, it's also the fun part of that first weekend. Oh, that's we, like we go all well, usually. I'm not going this year, but usually I go to March Madison in Vegas every year, oh, or I okay. go to the regionals um, and go to an actual location and see a bunch of games. But and it's like you know going to the U.S. Open of tennis. That it's like everybody's like you, you probably want to be there for the final. And I actually like the first few rounds of tournaments that have a lot of teams in them because you can just kind of wander around and see yeah. different matches oh, yeah. or different games. Yeah, I'm agree. I think in sports in general. Super sidebar that the semifinal of everything is the most exciting match of any tournament. For yeah. some reason, it's times, yeah. as we're heading into Super Bowl here. It's a perfect example. Like it's just like it's always right. the conference championship. Yeah, it's always the the final four is much more exciting than the Monday night game. I think in college basketball. Yeah, we had a couple of sad people at the restaurant last night. Oh. I guess Drew Brees was there. Oh, okay. And then Patrick Mahomes was there, too. So. Oh, man. Yeah. Oh, like, wow. Yeah. You guys invited all the quarterbacks well, who didn't make it. Yeah. Well, first of all, I mean, pretty, I mean, A-list of the yeah. A-list yeah, quarterbacks popping in the restaurant. Kind of yeah. yeah. cool. That kind of works. Uh, favorite sport to play? Tennis. Okay. Yeah. yeah. The favorite, uh, uh, are you a Bjork fan? Or are you a classic tennis? Uh, is it Bjork? Is it, um, I'm a Bjork no. fan, but she yeah. wasn't very good at tennis. She's <laughs> right. good at Icelandic singing. She Borg. excels at yeah. Bjorn Borg. Yeah. Yeah. Like, Borg. I was a big Borg fan, but I was a huge McEnroe fan, too. Just, yeah, yeah. I mean, you look at McEnroe now and be like, guy's like under six feet. He's not built, you know. Yeah. How well, fast his, could a serve be? Even his behavior now is like milquetoast compared to In, Compared to so some, yeah. But I just watched yeah. how I was just watching some sort of documentary that was like because of his antics, it changed the game. It did. To yeah. like put in the right technology and to train the officials and like, you know, sort of sure. like the right. benefit of, of his uh, his attitude. Um, tennis, like, that makes sense, dude. I want you, We need to do... Uh, can you put up a picture of you in tennis gear soon, though, on Instagram? I think the world wants to yeah, see I that. Yeah, can do that. Okay, I think Short shorts? Happen. Yeah. Definitely. I think all white, like Wimbledon style. Sweats, I mean, wrist. maybe a colored headband or something like yeah. that. But I think... Yeah. yeah. Um, last injury. Your last injury. Uh, last injury. <laughs> uh, I think I'm okay. I, yeah, that, I haven't really nice. injured so, myself Look at that. Recently. Super, super healthy. That's good. Last thing that you Googled. That you can remember. Ellsworth Kelly. Oh, uh, explain. Ellsworth Kelly is an amazing modern painter artist who died in 2015. I can't say Googled it, but um, who I was just in Austin and they built, he was an atheist, but they built a beautiful chapel um, that he designed. And it's an amazing sort of non-denominational building on the campus of University of Texas. So. No. There you go. He's okay. not an architect. He was an artist, but he drew up these plans. So it's a pretty amazing building. True, uh, true, true Renaissance man. Uh, and uh, another sidebar: you are an artist. I think I commented I'm a doodler. once. Doodler, it's different. Is it doodles? Is it why is that? Though? Why is that yeah. different, dude? I think it's it, art. Like I want to go to the Hugh Atchison uh, the gallery of yeah. your doodles. Yes. Like your doodles are amazing. <laughs> Thanks. I mean, I know you. You said you've played around with the idea, or some people have. Like, you need to do a gal. You need to do an exhibit of these. Well, we print them and sell them online, uh, just at my website. But yeah, it's 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 fun. It's uh, 
That's why I do in airports and our airplanes if I'm not working. So. Well, good for you. You keep, you stay. Yeah, you do like an art um, an art installation like um, Elizabeth Faulkner did, right? You guys could pair up. Have you yeah. heard about Elizabeth Faulkner? No. Elizabeth, I know Elizabeth. Uh, well, Elizabeth yeah. Faulkner yeah. does. Oh, she she has done. Man, I'm gonna. Intera- I don't remember interactive, the interactive like uh, performance art, performance art. Okay. where she has made this is a true story. She has made croquembouche. And in two acts, three acts, three acts. Yep. Is there three acts? It's yeah. She's uh, she's appears as three. She is a people, young Japanese girl in Act One, yeah. uh, admiring a croquembouche, and, and somewhere then, within and the production, a, 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 and then she's learning, <laughs> and then she becomes a master. And she turns into yeah. like a samurai warrior, and then destroys said croquembouche by in eating front it? of a studio, no, no with, with a, a with giant a samurai. samurai sword. Man, that's not cool. <laughs> I mean, in the age of food waste. That, well, this, I think well, so. No, 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 if you're in the audience, in the audience. Yeah, oh, the audience, eat it to the audience I believe, is it. eating and the it's in the smashed. Bay Area? No, it was in New York. I, it was in Brooklyn, I believe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It had to be either in San Francisco yeah, or Brooklyn it's or Portland. It's got to be a center of that. Maybe Austin, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Because that's um, an arc. Of but I want to do it. I mean, your doodle of a toaster, one of the all time doodles of all time. Thank you. I love it. How many TVs do you have in your home? I have one. Oh. I love it. It was either going to be like something uh, like a lot, which would or be none. super special, or, or, or none. Exactly. Yeah. It wasn't going to be one. It's, it's, it's like the one. one. Of those ones with the three dials. Uh, Jasmine wrote these questions. Would you be a pirate? That's a good question. The only time I've ever been to pirate uh, to Key West was actually rolled up for a <laughs> catering in a van, and it was Pirate Week, and we were lost. Right. And the guy, guy was, and we didn't even know what Pirate Week. And the guy was like, it's just down there. And I was like, what is going on here? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Key West is already weird, but yeah. it was like super weird mm. when, when it was Pirate Week. So uh, I don't know if I'm really cut out to be a pirate. Um, right. You know, do you, when you, I, I'm just curious, too. Like, you, this is your question. Yeah. Like, uh, do you have a choice usually? To be like, a pirate, right? I think like yeah, you're like you're go it's, overboard. I mean, I think that's the choice. So. But I mean, to get, I mean, yeah, it's usually like you, you're kind of like, yeah, Join you're on the, the team, or, or you're not, right? Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> so well, that's the think. choice. But I agree with you. I don't have the. I don't have the. Uh, I get seasick. I can. I couldn't be a pirate. I think it'd be better hobo or something yeah. like that. <laughs> You'd have to. I mean, that's that's the other choice. That's yeah, that is. There you go. That's naturally, the other choice. The other uh, choice. This one doesn't have an a that or or. It's just pets with a question mark. Pets. 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 Um, I'm assuming it's like do you I, like them. I, I, like, you have I them? like pets. Uh, my my kids have two dogs and a cat. Okay, uh, but yeah, that's pets. I like yeah. pets. There you go. Uh, weird. You don't have like a no, no iguana, no python. No. We have a we have uh, our kids. We have a albino corn snake. Yep. That's getting too big for me to like really right. care big. about. Yeah. And a Madagascar hissing cockroach, which is True. embarrassing to tell. That thing cost three dollars at a like um, reptile show that we went to. Reptile and, and insect show. It's supposed to live for like eight years. Return on investment is great. It's really good. It eats <laughs> all the point. scraps from the kitchen. Like it eats like fresh. Ooh, so it eats, you know, like, see like romaine lettuce. You would be used into that. The cockroach right. does. Yeah. yeah. How big is it? It's, it's too big for like if you saw it you'd be yeah. I mean I would jump up like you know on the <laughs> couch if I yeah. saw it yeah and you know it's it's a good and do you size. have any traditional pets we have a dog we do have a dog and we have beta fish so yeah and we have yeah. some fish okay. we, we do have some it, it is weird it is kind of it's it's interesting being the family that has weird pets yeah that has yeah. become a thing that I'm a little sometimes nervous about yeah you protect admitting. that secret pretty well like I don't talk about the snake unless it's friends or something like that definitely not like club first rule no good exactly don't talk about snake club do you like to dance. I know. No. Yeah. Do I, start, do I strike you as a dancer? Like, <laughs> you, you play the wall. You're, you're yeah. a wall. Like, I did a uh, fundraiser once, uh, ballroom dancing in front of like thousands of people. Oh, wow. Fundraising. And I had to train for like months. And then I stepped on the my partner's dress midway through the performance. So that was not great. But you did it, though. 
Yeah, and the dress luckily stayed intact. Now, did you not like to dance before, like after that? And then you're like, I don't like to dance because of that. I didn't or was it like always... dancing before that, during oh, that, or after. But I give you a lot of credit because I, for some reason there was something about dancing. It's like, it, I feel like it's 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 an expression that like just. Art form, right? Maybe, but it's yeah. t- like I like I don't like I I'll do it, but I know that I look ridiculous, right? And it's like you got I don't know. It's like it's a, it is a tough thing, but it's like if you if you like some people just dance, it's kind of dance. amazing. Yeah. Um, plane or train? If you uh, if you, if you had a choice, and I guess time plane all time. Yeah. Plane. Hmm. I don't know. See, like that that ruins the Wes Anderson thing for me a little bit. I, I mean, but, I love trains, but uh, train travel in the United States is not the easiest thing, mostly in the South. But uh, I'm I'm totally enamored of planes. Everybody's always complaining about planes and delays and small, you know, legroom and whatnot. And I'm just totally enamored of planes. I just yeah, think they're seats amazing. are getting so quite let's, small, though. I will. Those seats are getting small. I'm, I'm not very big, though. I'm not so, either, but fine. I'm amazed at like the people that I mean. Like, there was a, a gentleman that sat next to me on the plane out here, and he wasn't a big man. Bigger than probably either of you, but not, like, enormous. That guy was, like... Squinched sand- in there? Oh, sandwiched in. Yeah. yeah. Felt bad for him. Yeah. He's in the well, so if you're the smaller person in between two larger people, that can be... Way. You just did one of your other recent posts. Yeah, I'm a really big fan of your Instagram page. Was, like, was it, it was like a doodle of documenting, like, your seatmates. It was, like, German <laughs> oh, man yeah. here. Uh, lady here snoring the whole way or something like that. That it was just like stick figures or something. But I thought it was pretty. Yeah, pretty somebody hilarious. singing with earphones like on. I then, I am. Yeah. What is fascinating to you? Because I travel. I'm on a plane every other day. It seems like too. What is it about? Like, is it airports or is it planes themselves or is it the? the I think it's planes themselves. I've right. always been enamored with. But I mean, I, I love. You know, I think uh, being a chef is always. Um, being enamored with efficiencies and systems and uh, airports are just amazing systems particularly Harsfield Jackson right, in Atlanta yeah. is just like I mean it's such a behemoth of an air- airport they're going to run you know Monday they'll run 140,000 people through that airport which will be a record and they do it pretty seamlessly you know? it is amazing it's, it's, yeah. how do you do that, that? like yeah people you know? complain about like I'm to be honest like what I mean in all the years we've traveled right mm-hmm. and like like two times my bag has been like misplaced. Yeah. Like, that's an right. incredible record. Yeah. Like I'm going to lose two chicken orders tonight at the restaurant. You know what I mean? Like a cook is going to yeah. right? Like that's yeah. going to happen every day yeah. at the restaurant. Yeah, I mean, they, they, they can gonna... do that complexity of landing planes and having them take off and uh, dealing with all the people and all the security. And, you know, I have 50 people at one time for breakfast this morning and a bunch of cooks lost their minds. So it's right, like, exactly. Yeah. Like we dude, lost a ticket. We lost two tickets. Now. Like you, well, um, I mean, if you were Delta, yeah. Yeah. like you'd be in a lot of trouble right yeah. now right. if you yeah. lost two bags. It is kind of amazing. I, I've been trying to I've been working on my gratitude and I think with airplanes as well a lot recently especially with the whole recent you know TSA thing and uh, just saying like thank you to a lot of those people oh yeah like, I, this is because of you because mm. Jasmine's a yogi and all this sort of mm. stuff but like you know you don't get a lot of like we complain about the things that we need to complain about Always. but we don't yeah. usually take enough time to just be like thanks for keeping us safe or yeah thanks for I mean being nice to me I or, think they when you travel the emotional baggage that you carry um, with you should be full of empathy and understanding. You know, it's yeah. a, it always goes back to. I mean, we should do this in everyday life in all respects, but you never know what somebody is going through. So why don't you just treat them with nicety and to begin with, and, instead of confronting it over something trivial? You know, always. Yeah, I mean, yes. in, at an airport, it's mostly always something yeah. trivial. What do you yeah. think about? I just saw this on the news the other day about um, some airlines are considering. Uh, shifting the pay model for the flight attendants to, to be, be tipped. partly gratuity yeah. based, right? 
Yeah, I, I think that's totally evil. I don't evil. think it'll fly through, but... Uh, no pun intended. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> I, yeah, yeah, I think that just... Uh, it could beget a windfall or... A, I mean, it. it, it, it I think it's, yeah. it's a sliding of costs where they should be taking care of their employees. Right. And they... In an industry that can more than afford it, I think, um, though you still see airlines going out of business once in a while, but, you know... Uh, they're also making record profits, a number of them. So yeah. I don't think that that's the business. And, and, model and at a time to. when the like the restaurant industry seems to be moving away from or tipping too, I just or trying yeah. to move away from it seems like a really tried. Interesting I think they're going yeah. all going back. It's, it's yeah. all going back, but yeah, um, that's strange. Keeping that, this is uh, an add-on here. Then, uh, since you're a plain fan, and you've you've been asked this question a number of times: omelet or granola and fruit plate. Oh, granola and fruit. Yeah, just yeah. because powdered eggs or what? What's it like? Powdered eggs, <laughs> uh, pre-cooked eggs. Yeah. There's, yeah. there's a lot of arguments against uh, the omelets there. Yeah. Uh, um, well, I mean, I'm a f- I, like I've eaten omelets on all of our major airlines. Mm-hmm. Who's uh, got the best? Uh, and I'm a Delta loyalist, you know, because I have roots in Atlanta as well, and I, I fly everyone, but Delta a lot. But I would have to say United has the best omelet. Yeah, worst customer service. No, well, listen, you got to make it. It's a balance. Warm cashews so, and a yeah. decent omelet. I'm sorry, your flight's been canceled, <laughs> but, but here is an omelet. an omelet. And some warm cashews, yeah. which yeah. is a nice touch. I find the warm cashews kind of creepy. I don't know why. Yeah. Okay. I, I don't know why. It is. In- I guess it is interesting. I mean, I guess warm, 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 nuts. Nuts. warm nuts are a thing. Warm nuts has I guess? a yeah. weird That's ring true. to it. <laughs> that is, it definitely has a weird ring to it. Uh Maybe that's what we should make for Maroon 5. There you go. There you go. Warm, Warm nuts. nuts. Well, and, and deserved. Uh, can you ice skate? You're Canadian, I can so the ice answer skate. is yes, yes automatically. I can. You're also uh, you're a Canadians fan, aren't you? I am Montreal Canadiens yeah, fan. But, that's, but you're not from Quebec. Uh, no, I'm from Ottawa, which is so, the but closest even, to Quebec you can get. Is it okay? I was going to say, without knowing the geography. The Ottawa Canada. River separates whole Quebec and Ottawa. For and some reason, I would, in my mind, I would say if you grew up in Ottawa and you weren't a Senators fan, that you'd be a Leafs fan. But well, closer to- I was a Leafs fan a lot of my younger age because of my Oh, I love when people change their their. Well, I was always uh, a Canadians fan, though, deep down. And the, the, the Senators really only came back into being an original six team in 19... 19- Around 1988. Fair enough. Fair, I mean, I, the, the, so, not a Senators fan, yeah. I get. Yeah. But the Leafs versus Canadians thing, which is like in Canada, is like our Yankees Red Sox, pretty much. It is, yeah. There's a lot of amazing history in my family with the Leafs. Uh, my grandfather ran a wire, a huge wire company in Canada called Canada Wire. And they wired Maple Leaf Gardens for free because they ran the. the Maple Leaf Gardens ran out of money, the Leafs did. And they wired it for free for free seats. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, over in perpetuity. Wow. Oh, so we used to go deal. to games Good all the time. Those deals yeah. don't even happen anymore. Yeah. So like those do those those seats still exist? Like I don't know perpetuity? if they exist with the company. Yeah, my my right. father's passed yeah. away, and yeah. Uh, but yeah, they were in the golds. We used to sit next to a very famous uh, Toronto Maple Leaf named Punch Imlock, who was the coach nice. later uh, later on for the Leafs. The Leafs are good this year. They're good. I changed my life. I grew up on Long Island, so I grew up sort of a Islanders fan. But now, since they've moved, I've I've turned to the dark side, and I'm more of a Rangers fan. I was always a big Brian Trottier fan. Oh, the both of the best Trottier, yeah. Bossy, and Tonelli. That yeah, was the Bossy line was in good. the eighties. Yeah, this is. Yeah. See, I told you I'm a hockey fan. Yeah. Uh, okay, mountain or beach? Mountain, definitely. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Like, like um, cabins. Okay. So do I. Yeah. 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 Do you do you have one? No. Do you look it's, at that? Like, I have one in my head. Do you look at like cabin porn on Instagram? Like, yeah. 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 I'm I, I do too. Me too. And it's tiny a, cabins too. Yeah. Tiny cabins sure. are cool. Yeah. Tiny cabins are cool. We stayed in a tiny cabin once. Remember that? I do. It was and I like scary. beaches, yeah. but I don't know. I, 
I, I get really bored on beaches. And, yeah, yeah and there's, not much. there's only so much. Yeah. And, and when you're in, yeah. in the mountains, you can go do stuff. There's more interesting things happening. Yeah. Like, I mean, outside of like sea life, but then you're like out on the water. But yeah. like on the beach, it's just, I, I'd beach. rather go for a walk in the woods. I think we yeah. all agree there. Also, like, that was, what was the epic picture you just put up? Like, you're, you're not in the woods, you're like in your backyard with a crock pot, just like chilling. Oh, yeah. Like, that's, yeah. dude. It's good yeah. stuff, man. Do the do the Try gallery exhibit. Do the do the <laughs> exhibit, man. I'm I'm buying one of them. Like I'm there. I'm gonna overpay for one of those. Uh, favorite way. Last one of this game. Favorite way to cook a chicken. As we're getting to know Hugh. Uh, You're doing a good job. <laughs> I think the. Uh, I mean, Judy Rogers. Classic Zuni recipe for chicken is right. Is, which remind me, I have amazing. the I have the Zuni Cafe cookbook, like most of us probably do. Which was there a brine or no? No, it's a yeah. dry salting right. uh, overnight for twenty four hours, and then roasted in a hot oven, uh, reducing it down to fifteen minutes before from five hundred to four fifty, and that's it. And then she serves it, uh, carves it up and into big chunks, and serves it with. Uh, like beautiful sourdough croutons and currants and raisins and you know purslane and arugula and radicchio and a little vinaigrette. It's the panzanella. It's kind of the right? panzanella yeah, chicken salad, but the chicken, the skin because of the dry brine, just uh, it amazingly crispy. It's great. Yeah, great recipe. Ep- epic, epic, epic recipe. Uh, Hugh Atchison. Last thing we do on the podcast is something called eighty six. It's 86. Something in the world that you want to get rid of. It could be serious or not. It could be from your world or a fantasy world that you've just created <laughs> on a walk through the woods. Uh, what do I want to get rid of? I know for you, you're a deep thinker. So I know that this, is a, this could go so many different ways. And you also are very opinionated. So I know that you probably have tons of answers right now. You're trying I mean, to I figure think, out which yeah, one. I just think restaurant inecu- inequity within the restaurant world. There's always a little troubling to me, just the inequity between what people get paid on the line versus on the floor and all those things. So I think we've got a long, long way to go to figure out parity in that regard. Right. It's still, even with uh, tipping changes. But it's hard. Are, yeah, yeah. It's, it's hard because, you know, what people don't realize, and they should, is that, you know, as we all know, restaurant industry is a very low margin business. So we just don't have the luxury of of what you know a law firm has and right compensation and you know i what and and maybe we just need to do a better job at that i mean i know chefs are talking about it but like letting the guests know that like you know hey if if we're if we're and admit you're a better businessman than i but like if we're if we're profiting 12 percent we're probably doing a good job yeah there's not a lot left 12 percent you're doing a great that's what i'm saying like you're doing a really but like in most businesses a 12 percent profit no one's investing in your effort no right no so it's like the margins are razor thin and if you're if you're at right if you're at five percent you're still not feeling bad about yourself yeah or somebody has dinner and spends 80 bucks but that you know somebody breaks a 12 dollar Riedel crystal glass. It's like you've yeah. eviscerated everything. <laughs> right. That was attainable profit in that, that in one failed swoop, yeah. and there you go. This is, this is true. This yeah. is true. Yeah. Uh, so, dude, uh, thank you so much for hanging out with us. Where where can we uh, listen to you now that you're a podcaster or see you or find you? Hugh Atchison Stirs the Pot is the name of the podcast, and it'll be on the Himalaya app, but also on Apple Podcasts and all your podcast um, outlets out there. And that should start in a couple of weeks. But, yeah, you can always 
always get information on HughHatchison.com or follow me on Twitter or Instagram. Follow you on the Instagram and check out the doodles. The doodles. Let's start selling. I'm, I want to be your manager for your, your, your doodle career. Yeah. Because I think we, could, we need to do that exhibit. Uh, thanks so much for listening to us here on Starving for Attention. Do us a favor. Uh, like Hugh said for his podcast, go on over to iTunes. Uh, drop us a review. Hugh, this is the Rate only five star, This is the only five star thing I've ever done in my life. <laughs> there you go. So let's keep the ratings going. Uh, it helps the algorithm and all sorts of things like that. If you like this episode, like we loved uh, this episode, do us a favor and drop us a little note and tell us how much you loved it. Until next week, stay hungry. Thanks for listening to Starving for Attention with Richard Blaze. Download new episodes every Tuesday on the Podcast One app, Apple Podcasts, or PodcastOne.com. Hey, everyone. Thank you so much for listening. Thanks to Hugh Atchison. Yeah. One more time pronouncing his word for showing up. Hugh. Uh, check out his podcast. And thank you to our sponsors who made this all possible. Green Chef. Get $50 off your first box. Greenchef.us slash starving. And True Car. Visit True Car for a better car buying experience. And Until happy birthday. Week. Thank you so it's much. It's your birthday today. Oh, it's my birthday, everyone. Meow, 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 meow. Until next week, stay hungry.